Welcome, friends, to Belief Beat, a weekly podcast out of Unity Lutheran Church here in Brookfield, Wisconsin, where we talk with people that matter about things that matter. I'm Muriel, or Mo. I'm one of the pastors here. As this COVID epidemic continues to unfold, we are increasingly aware that this virus is affecting different places in different ways. Things like population density, race, and community organization play a huge role in shaping how this pandemic unfolds from community to community. And one of the communities most hardest hit has been the north side of Milwaukee, and right in the middle of that is our sister church, Hephatha Lutheran, at 17th and Locust. Way back when all this started, Hephatha was one of the first places to sound the alarm and move to protect their people. In fact, we were scheduled, Unity was scheduled to have uh, a joint food pack with them that very first weekend of quarantine that they wisely called off. And then the very first person in Milwaukee to die from COVID was a Hephatha member, Lawrence Riley, the husband of Hephatha's council president, Lisa. So since then, uh, several members from Hephatha have been diagnosed with the virus uh, and more have lost family members, not to mention jobs and in-person community. So uh, it's a hard, hard time for our Hephatha family, but it's really been just incredible to watch how this church has responded. They have been working tirelessly to keep their neighbors safe, comfort people who are grieving, get resources to people who need it, and just keep being the church. So here to tell us about what life looks like right now for their neighborhoods and to talk about how we can be the church in a time of crisis, we have two Hephatha members with us, Adele Baptist and Alicia Branch. Adele, Alicia, thank you so much for being with us and for sharing your take on everything that is unfolding right now. We are glad to have you. Thank you. Thank you. We're glad to be here with you, Muriel. Uh, thank you both. Um, can I tell people a little bit about you? Uh, let's see. Alicia, can we start with you? Sure. So you grew up in Milwaukee, right? And graduated last spring from Mount Mary, Spanish and mm -hmm. philosophy degree. Congratulations. And Elisha has been working on the north side of Milwaukee as a community organizer since she was 18. So um, vast experience with these neighborhoods and the work that's being done. Uh, and then uh, four and a half years ago, you adopted your daughter Daisy when she was born mm -hmm. and the two of them live together in Midtown Milwaukee. Elisa, we are glad to have you. Thanks. And Adele grew up in Haiti, came to the U.S. to study when she was 22. So you've studied in St. Louis and Michigan, uh, quality control technology and business administration and leadership, um, traveled to South Sudan to do humanitarian work uh, before settling a year and a half ago in Milwaukee with uh, her son, Tadeo, who they call Teddy, who just turned four. Happy birthday, Teddy. Um, and yeah, came here looking for a better life for her and her son, the American dream. Adele, we're so glad to have you with us. Thank you, Muriel. Nurse Chris, who is the parish nurse at Hepatha and a member of Unity, our church, she just speaks really highly of both of you and, um, and how much you both bring to that Hephatha family. So I would love to know um, how, how you both got, how did you first get connected with Hephatha? And what is your first 
memory. So Alicia, you've been there for a long, long time. Do you want to start? Sure. So we started off as neighborhood kids. So we lived at the time we stayed on 24th and Chambers. And our friends who lived a couple of houses down was like, we're going to go to a church and they're going to serve food afterwards. Y'all want to come to eat? We was like, sure, of course you can go eat. So then we like, it would be like a group of us. Like we all come, like they would start me, they would come around our house and then we'd like walk down the street and away like, pick up like our friends like from the neighborhood and we would walk down to 18th and Locust and we go and sit in, uh, in church. And then afterwards we go eat afterwards. And then, you know, eventually like the pastoral card, you know, like knowing us and, learning our names and stuff and inviting us to other things at the church. And that's kind of how we got involved. And we just kind of stuck around the whole time. And that was when I was like eight. When you were eight. So you've grown up there. For sure. Ah, child of Hephatha. And what is it like now to have your own child be part of Hephatha Church? Uh, I think it's really cool. I think it's a great experience. I think that Hephatha has really shaped the person that I am in a lot of different ways. I think it's really cool to see how it, you know, how it impacts her life and how she'll grow up and her experience at the church, you know, as compared to mine. So the times are way different. But I think it's really cool just to see the things that haven't changed and the things that are so different. Absolutely. I love that. And I love the idea of you all flocking for food at church. Food is such a great, such a great connector. Thanks, Alicia. Mm -hmm. Adele, how about you? How did you come to find Hephatha? Oh, the day I first my significant other's mom, Miss Lidora, who is a member of the church, and we started talking, and she invited me to come to church with her, and that was last April 2019, which I did, and to be honest, I do not regret that decision, and later that year, I moved in the same area, and I continued to go to the church, I become a member, and go spiritually, and it is such a blessing. And uh, uh, when it comes to memoria, if I, uh, um, I just remember how welcoming the church, the whole church was to me and my son. They made us feel at home. And to my surprise, the next time I came back, it was like a month later, and Pastor Marimara remember our names. And it was really shocking <laughs> to remember our names a month later. So that's, that's how I got connected to the church. Uh, names are so important. And exactly. I know that is there. So glad that, that you found them. Adele, can you tell us um, what is it about Hephatha that you like and what makes you feel so at home there? Uh, I thought I care about every single members who goes there. They are very unique on their approach or they approach people. Every members are encouraged to get involved in all the activities. Children are encouraged to use their voices. It doesn't matter who you are, your background, and where you're from. The church acknowledges people's efforts, such as like you, you earn a degree, a GED, or you've been accepted into a new school, you celebrate a new milestone, a job, a baby, and people getting sober. They make you feel so at home, and they push you towards positive changes. That's what I like the most about that church. Yeah, I love that. Just sharing life together and celebrating. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's very important to us. Alicia, how about you? Because lots of people grow up in a church and then leave when they mm -hmm. become an adult. Why have you Why have you stayed? Well, for me, it's kind of the same of uh, what uh, Adele was saying. Is that like, I was just thinking about that the other day when I was like, what other church are you going to go to 
and they're going to talk about not only talk about you being sober and what that means for the community, but celebrate the fact that you are sober. So just things like that, the things that work that we do in the neighborhood, I think is so important. Like other churches, like they are in the neighborhood and they live in a the bubble. They don't go outside. They go to their cars and they leave. You know, we actually go out in the neighborhoods and they teach the kids to do the same thing. Like a lot of things that I do and that I experience is because of how I grew up, you know, at Hepatha. So if Pastor never told us, you know, go out and feed the elderly on the neighborhood or go clean up that, you know, the, the people who can't clean up their own yard, let's go clean up their yard for them. I probably wouldn't even have that type of value instilled in me because it's like how involved they are in the neighborhood and how much like the church actually cares about the community that is around the church is really important to me. I think that that's something that really sticks with me and has really kind of shaped me into the person that I am today. Well, and that sounds, I mean, do you think that, is there a connection between your faith and your, all the community organizing work that you've done? I think so, because I think that a lot of the qualities, like I can say that it's in me as a person to want to go out and help the community, but I really got seen it at such a young age, and it was just something that, like, we were getting paid to do. Like, we were in work ministry, and we were getting paid to go out and help the community. So it was just something that I don't know I would have done otherwise, you know. Like, that was my first experience, like, going out and, like, serving others and putting your, putting other people in front of you. But I don't know if I would have turned out the same way, you know, had I not, you know, been to the church and had that experience. Right. Yeah, I love, I just, I love thinking about that ripple effect. Um, you know, with everything that you learned at Hefetha, and then I've gotten to see, as I've known you the last couple of years, how much good you do out in the world. Um, and then you're touching more lives, and they're going on to touch more lives. And now, now thinking about your kiddos with Daisy and Teddy growing up in that same environment, I just, I love thinking of that, that way of living where you act on behalf of others, just spreading and spreading. So, uh, it's just, it's been really cool for us at Unity to get to know Hefitha these last couple of years. And, and we're just, thank you for everything you're doing and for including us in it. But now, um, things have just been changing so quickly, uh, with the arrival of COVID. And, um, it does seem like the way this virus affects communities is really different depending on where we are. So um, I'm in the city, but I'm kind of over in a different part of town on the east side, and most of our listeners are out in Waukesha County. So I think we're just really curious, um, what do things look like in your community right now? So, um, like, Alicia, if you want to go first, what, what are things like in your neighborhood? Like, are people outside? Are neighbors acting differently? How, how are people doing like work and childcare and groceries? What are you seeing? Well, for uh, my exact neighborhood, like my neighborhood isn't like a super familiar neighborhood, so we don't really like talk to each other that much. Mm-hmm. But um, I have like, like my direct neighbors that stay on either side of me that I talk to. And um, I think we're all just like, we spend more time like sitting on the porch. Like I would see them when they were going out, you know, going out to places, going out to work and stuff like that. And, you know, they'd be in their house. And I was just like, they can't really do this. And I was like out on the porch talking. Like, we can't go anywhere else. So it's like, I think that, it, you know, it's kind of good, kind of like brought us closer together. But um, in my neighborhood, they're really, it's kind of like a ghost town. Like, people aren't really around. People aren't really hanging out. Like, people are, you know, you see people coming and going, driving in their cars, getting their cars going somewhere, and you really don't see that a lot. So when, you know, the weather is nice, you see people outside. But as far as that, you know, it's like people are getting, like, anxious and, like, tired of just sitting in the house. So right. it's 
it's, it's very different, especially like with where I work and you know the church, like all of that's completely different. Like, yeah. Right, and Nurse Chris sh- shared with us um, that you were furloughed this past week, which I'm so sorry, and we're just um, we will all be praying that you can get back to that important work soon. Do you know, has this happened to a lot of people that you talk to, friends and family? How are people, what's people's job situation like? Yeah, so um, a lot of my friends have got furloughed, but I would say some of my friends got furloughed. I won't even say a lot of them. But some people who I know, like, work in schools, they obviously they got furloughed at the beginning of this. And my job, you know, is extended for a little while longer. And then, you know, we just got furloughed over the last week. But, um I think that a lot of my immediate family and friends are essential workers. Stuff like that that plays a role in how our community is affected by it. But a lot of them are essential workers. So a lot of them are still going out there and they're still having to work. So even that looks different, you know, because it's, it's different. Like it's dangerous. It's actually dangerous out there having to go to work or you could just get up and go to work. And I think about it, but now a lot of them are they still having to go to work, but it's dangerous. And they're like, you have to go to work because you need to pay your bills. But then when you come back in the house, like you're exposing your family and your children, you know, to the virus because you are trying to force to go out there to work and you don't have an alternative. Right. So, um, yeah. yeah, so a lot of them, they're blessed to still have a job, you know, and they're happy about that, but it's still dangerous. So it's like, there's no ideal situation. It's like, obviously, you don't want to be without a job, but then you don't want to be out there working and putting everybody at risk at the same time. Yeah, so tough either way. Either situation is really hard. Mm-hmm. How about you, Adele? What are you seeing in your neighborhood? Yeah, it's the same thing like Alicia was saying. Uh, at the beginning, I heard people were saying that the virus does not affect black people or they, probably they had some theories that make them believe that one way or the other. But the day I found out about uh, our council president, uh, husband, Linda, Riley's husband died, that, that kind of clicked a little closer, you know, that clicked. And then it, it kind of uh, hit a little closer to home, you know. So I doubled on the precautions and I started doing things better than I used to. So for some reason right now, when I look outside and I see people, they don't do the same thing. They don't stay there talking a lot the same way. They're, they're wearing masks and, and they, they are being more careful. I, I know some people who lose their jobs. I know some people who was just laid off and some are now going back. But yeah, people are doing better now. They become more aware of what's happening and start complying more to the rules and restrictions. Mm-hmm. And what about you and Tadeo? Are you mostly staying in the house? or are you Yeah, we mostly stay in the house because he, he doesn't go to school right now but we are doing all that the school is sending to us to do and work with him, play and do all that we can do to keep him, to keep him happy. Yeah. Well, we are, I'm just thinking of both of you with your four-year-olds at home and you know, I know Daisy and she is a spitfire and it sounds like today is quite a character too. So in, in yeah. addition to our prayers for, for your safety, <laughs> we'll also pray for just for both of you as moms being in the house with those little people all the time can be a little yeah crazy. it can be a little challenging sometimes <laughs> <laughs> yeah well thank you for everything but we love doing. that we enjoy that with them mm-hmm. yep absolutely blessing and a curse for sure yeah well adele as long as you're talking would you um would you mind telling us just a little bit about 
um, what your connection to Hephatha looks like now? Because it sounds like you're still doing, you're still connecting with Hephatha a lot online. Tell us about that. Yes. Uh, right now, Hephatha is not really close for me because we're still focused on, we cannot do all the activities that we used to the way we used to. Right. But we're still going strong online. We have the Zoom meetings on a weekly basis. We have Bible studies. We have the Tuesday praise going on. We have Wednesday worship, just to name a few. And they do have members calling staff to give them message of hope, to talk to them, to know how they are doing, if their family doing okay. So um, every time I get connected to them, I feel renewed. I feel, I feel happy. I feel that I'm growing spiritually with them. So, yeah, uh, if that is not closed for me, it's not. It's just the building. I love that. Yeah. It's not just a building. Amen, sister. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I was also just thinking about uh, how differently this virus seems to be affecting white communities and black communities. I know there's um, there's a big push in Wisconsin and across the country encouraging counties to track different racial data on COVID cases. And Milwaukee County, I think, was one of the first places in the nation to do that. And the, some of the data is, is pretty stark, just looking at um, how many more people of color um, partly are, are getting COVID, but then are dying of COVID. And, so just thinking about, especially Alicia, all the work you've done in the black community, um, and then thinking about my own experience with mostly white communities, is there anything that you think someone like me, like what should I think when I read those stats, Alicia? What, what should that mean to me as a white person? Well, for me, like it kind of just shows like how deep systemic racism is and like in ways that we don't even realize. Because like, you know, like you tell like, okay, you can't, like, there's no way that a virus can be racist. Like, okay, obviously the virus is not really looking for black people on the north side of Milwaukee to infect. But it just kind of shows, but there's no other way to explain how people are being so disproportionately affected by it. Because obviously we're not out there traveling more. Like, we're not out. We're, we were in Asia, China, you know, out there contracting the virus and bringing it back in. And so there's no way that it could have gotten to our neighborhood unless there are some real structural disparities going on. So, like, you know that black, black, black people are the ones that are essential workers, so they're the ones that have to have to have to go out there. I remember when all of this stuff happened and people were shutting down. Like I was able to shut down and work from home for a while before I got furloughed, but a lot of people they still had to go out there and work, and a lot of people that were going out there working were black people because and they were they are not getting paid a lot of money. But these low wage jobs are still forcing their workers to come in, and that's that's really kind of I think what made a big difference in how it was affecting our community. Because a lot of the people who are not on the north side of Milwaukee, who are not black, were able to work from home. They were able to stay home and stay safe. But the black people that have to be on the front line, they have to go out and they have to work still because they have to pay for their family. They don't have paid leave. They don't have you know, sick days. They can't work from home. They don't have that opportunity. That's a luxury that they, that they weren't afforded. You, can, you can't work for, work for Walmart from home. You know, so that's, that's one of the things that kind of just show you the difference. And then also our access to health care. Like people probably have been sick way before all of this stuff came into the public eye. 
but there's studies behind it that show that people believe black people less. Like, you know, if I, if I went to the doctor and I was sick, they probably wouldn't even think to test me for all the things, or because I have state insurance, they wouldn't want to pay for all of the tests to, you know, to really secure my health. And I probably don't even have access to a doctor. I remember when I was on regular um, health insurance, when I was on my health insurance for my job versus state insurance, the, the difference is complete, like, it's so stark, it's ridiculous. Like, when I, I'm on state insurance now because I don't have a job, and you have to wait a month to get a doctor's appointment at most of these doctor's offices. Yeah. Whereas if you have private insurance, it's a lot easier for you to go out and find a place for you to go and see a doctor almost like that same week. So you can really see the differences if, if you're poor, if you're black, if you live on the north side of Milwaukee, you can see the difference of how you're treated from the system. It's not even about like your personal actions. It's about things that are way out, outside of your control. Yeah, interesting. So both um, more likely to be out and working and exposed and then also likely not have as good access to as good of medical care. Mm -hmm. That's just a rough combination. And well, thank you for sharing those thoughts with me. I I want to make sure that, you know, as someone who is white and has health insurance and is able to work from home, just that I take that really seriously. And I don't know that, that it's more than that. It doesn't just make me grateful for what I have, but actually motivates me to work for a system that's more fair and that is protecting everybody. Yeah. So yeah. Thank you for sharing your thoughts on that. What about, what about churches? I'm, I'm just, Hefetha has been doing so many different things to, to advocate for people and to take care of people right now. Um, and, and at unity, we're trying to think of ways to do that too. Um, Adele, do you have any thoughts on, on what churches should be doing right now? Um, I'll advise them to do the same thing that Ifada is doing. Mm -hmm. uh, keep your people closer. Advise them to do their social distancing. Keep safe. Don't expose themselves and their family members. Check on them regularly. Provide them with a message of hope. Let them know this too shall pass. And if uh, I know if father has many uh, church partners they're working with, they can kind of reinforce that with a father and um, try to do more. Like since a father is, is working on that field already, they can have them as a symbol, as a model to follow yes. and, and, and reach out to more people. Yes, absolutely. And I think, you know, Elisha, thinking about what you're saying about some of the racial disparities, uh, that's one of the reasons that I'm so grateful we're partnered with you at Hefatha, mm. because um, then we can be we can be part of that. We can be part of caring for people because you all do that so well, and <laughs> and then you let us piggyback on it, which is um, just is is an honor. So thank you for all the good work you're doing and. And for including us in it a little bit, Elisha, did you want to add anything else about what what churches or just people in general should be doing right now? Um, I don't know, like the biggest thing I can say is just like check on the people, make sure you keep them close, even though you can't physically keep them close. And then just make sure that you're you're checking up on people because like regardless of if they're sick or if they have symptoms or whatever, like COVID, like the actual sickness is only one part of it. Like like being in this situation is stressful. 
and then like and being like stuck in the house, like even though like even though you might be healthy physically, it takes a lot out of you spiritually and a lot out of you mentally. So just make sure y'all checking up on your people, keeping them close, just checking on them, having those deep conversations because it takes a lot out of a person to be at home taking care of kids by themselves or just to be like not able to do your routine if you worried about a job. Like that's just a lot of stress and like just checking people, make sure they're good mentally, physically. And just make sure that like, y'all keep your people close, even though you can't keep them physically close, to stay in that contact with them so that you know that they're really good. Yeah. So, so not just checking in on people with the virus, but just on anybody who might be suffering. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. And not just not just their physical health. Like, okay, you're fine. You don't have COVID yet, but are you mentally okay? Like, are you feeling okay mentally? Like, do you feel fine? Right. Oh, that's so important right now. Thank you for that reminder. Adele, I was just thinking about you and and when we talked earlier, you it sounds like you have put a lot of intentional time and effort into growing and strengthening your faith in the last mm-hmm. few years. And yeah. so I was just wondering uh, if there's anything that you've learned at Hevitha or from your faith that's helping you keep going through all of this right now. Uh, what keeps me going on right now is the fact that I know that I am blessed and highly favored. That my father is watching over me and he promised all of all he promised all of us that at the resurrection. And he said in Jeremiah 1 verse 5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. And he also said on Luke 12 verse 7, Indeed, the very hair of your head are all numbered. Don't be afraid. You are worth more than many spouses. Now, let's think. Is there anything impossible for that God we're talking about? If we think a little deeper. And then in, in Psalm 91, which I love very much, he said, You will not fear the terror of night, nor the hour that flies by day, nor the pestilence that starts in the darkness, not the plague that destroyed at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. Isn't that beautiful? Amen. It's so perfect. I stand on his promises, and I will advise everybody to do the same thing. Uh, Thank you so much for sharing that, Adele. And Psalm 91 is, I mean, the Psalms in general would be a great place for people to be right now, but um, that is so perfect. Just thinking about that that blanket that mm-hmm. blanket of protection and uh presence that God brings to us always yeah and i pray that that surrounds both of you amen yeah. well we're just about out of time um you both are just such wise uh fascinating uh, compassionate women of faith and we're we're really really grateful to both of you for sharing your thoughts. Is there is there anything else that um, you wanted to to share with people or tell people before we part ways? Alicia, anything else from you? Um, no, I, well, I think for me, like we just always have to keep things in perspective. Like, yeah, these are hard times. Yeah, these are difficult times. But just always remember that, like, you're blessed regardless. So, like, if you're still here, you're still alive. It things could always be worse for us. So even though, you know, it's hard, it's always trying to, like, find the positive things, even in the time of darkness. 
just remember that, you know, we're blessed and that we're always in a position. So just keep your head up. Amen. Keep your head up. Thanks, Elisa. Mm -hmm. Adele, anything from you as we say goodbye? Yeah, my last message for you all at Unity is that God loves you and you are very important and precious to him. Doing this, uh, take this uncertain time during this pandemic to grow in faith with him, to be closer to him every day. Let him nurse you. Open your spiritual ears and listen to his voice. Read your Bible. Because there's not a time I call on him that he doesn't answer. Just So just give him your all and he will do wonders with you. Oh, amen. Thank you so much to both of you. Um, we you we so pray much, that God will keep showing us, uh, both of our church families, how to be good partners to each other and um, to use everything that we have um, to bless to bless this world. So thank you to Adele and Alicia for joining us. Uh, thanks to all of you who have been listening in. We will be back again next Tuesday with our next installation of Belief Beat. Until then, may all of you go in peace and may God go with you.